Chapter Ten of Christmas A Story. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Christmas A Story by Zona Gale. Chapter Ten. Two days before Christmas, Ellen Bourne went through the new fallen snow of their woodlot. Her feet left scuffled tracks clouded about by the brushing of her gown's wet hem and by a dragging corner of shawl. She came to a little evergreen tree, not four feet tall, with low-growing boughs, and she stood looking at it until her husband, who was also following the snow-filled path, overtook her. "'Matthew,' she said then, "'will you cut me that?' Matthew Bourne stood with his axe on his shoulder and looked a question in slow preparation to ask one. "'I just want it,' she said. "'I've took a notion.' He said that she had a good many notions, it seemed to him, but he cut the little tree, with casual ease and no compunctions, and they dragged it to their home, the soft branches patterning the snow and obscuring their footprints." "'It's like real Christmas weather,' Ellen said. "'They can't stop that coming, anyhow.' In the kitchen Ellen's father sat before the open oven door of the cooking-stove, letting the snow melt from his heavy boots. "'Hey,' he said, "'I was beginning to think you'd forgot about supper. What was in the trap?' At once Ellen began talking rapidly. "'Oh,' she said, "'we'll have some muffins tonight, father, the kind you like, with—' "'Well, what was in the trap?' the old man demanded peevishly. "'Why don't you answer back? What was, Matt?' Matthew, drying his axe-blade, looked at it with one eye closed. "'Rabbit,' he said. "'Where is it?' her father demanded. "'It was a young one, not as big as your fist,' Ellen said. "'I let it out before he got there. "'Where's mother?' "'Just because the thing's young it ain't holy water,' the old man complained. "'Last time it was a squirrel you let go because it was young. "'It's like being spendthrift with manna,' he went on. Ellen's mother appeared, gave over to Ellen the supper preparations, contented herself with auxiliary offices of china and butter-getting, and talked the while, pleased that she had something to disclose.' "'Ben Helders stopped in,' she said. "'He's going to the city to-morrow. "'What do you suppose after? "'A boy. "'He's going to take him to bring up and work on the farm.' "'Where's he going to get the boy?' Ellen asked. "'Her mother did not know, but Mrs. Helders was going to have a new diagonal, "'and she wanted the number of Ellen's pattern. "'Ben would stop for it that night.' "'Evenings their kitchen was a sitting-room.' and when the supper had been cleared away and the red cotton spread covered the table, she asked her husband to bring in the little tree. She found a cracker-box, handily cut a hole with a cooking-knife, and set up the little tree by the kitchen window. "'What, under the canopy?' said her mother, her voice cracking. "'Oh, something to do in the evening,' Ellen answered. "'Father's going to pop me some corn to trim it with, aren't you, father? "'Mother, why don't you get a good big darning needle and string what he pops?' 
"'It'll make a lot of litter,' said her mother, "'but she brought the needle for something to do.' "'Hey, king and country,' said her father, "'I'd ought to have somebody here to shell it for me.' "'Who you trimming up a tree for?' her mother demanded. "'I thought they wasn't to be any in town this year.' "'It ain't Christmas yet,' Ellen said only. "'I guess it won't do any hurt two days before.' While the two worked, Ellen went to the cupboard drawer, and from behind her pile of kitchen towels she drew out certain things— walnuts wrapped in shining yeast tinsel and dangling from red yarn, wishbones tied with strips of bright cloth, a tiny box made like a house with rudely cut doors and windows, eggshells penciled as faces, a handful of peanut owls, a glass-stoppered bottle, a long necklace of buttonhole twist spools. A certain blue-paper soldier doll that she had made was upstairs, but the other things she brought and fastened to the tree. Her husband smoked and uneasily watched her. He was somewhat within her plan, but he was not at home there. If the boy had lived and had been up chamber asleep now, he thought once, it'd be something like to go trimming up a tree. But this way... "'What you leaving the whole front of the tree bare for?' her mother asked. "'The blue paper soldier goes there. "'I want it should see the blue paper soldier first thing,' Ellen said, and stopped abruptly. "'You talk like you was trimmin' the tree for somebody,' her mother observed, aggrieved. "'Maybe something might look in the window going by,' Ellen said. "'Get in there! Get your heads in there, ye beggars!' said the old man to the popcorn. "'I'd ought to have somebody here to pick up them shooting colonels,' he complained. In a little while, with flat-footed stamping, Ben Helders came in. When he had the pattern number, by laborious copying against the wall under the bracket lamp, Matthew said to him, "'Going to get a boy to work out, are you?' Helders laughed and shifted. "'He's going to work by and by,' he said. "'We allow to have him to ourselves a spell first. "'Keep him around the house till spring?' "'More,' said Helders. "'You see,' he added, "'it's like this with us. "'Family all gone, all married, and got their own. "'We figure to get hold of a little shaver "'and have some comfort with him "'before he goes to work for life.' "'Adopt him?' said Matthew, curiously. "'That's pretty near it,' Helders admitted. "'We've got one spoke for at the City Orphaned Asylum.' Ellen Bourne turned. "'How old?' she asked. "'Around five, six, we figure,' Helders said it almost sheepishly. Ellen stood facing the men with the white festoons of popcorn in her hands. "'Matthew,' she said, let him bring us one. Matthew stared. You mean bring us a boy, he asked. I don't care which, girl or boy, anything young, Ellen said. Good Lord, Ellen, Matthew said with high eyebrows. Ain't you got your hands full enough now? Ellen Bourne lifted her hands slightly and let them fall. No, she answered. The older woman looked at her daughter, and now first she was solicitous as a mother. 
Ellen, she said, you have too got your hands full. You're wore out all the time. That's it, Ellen said, and I'm not wore out with the things I want to do. Hey, king and country, the old man cried, upsetting the pauper. Don't get a child around here underfoot. I'm too old. I deserve grown folks. My head hurts me. Matthew, said Ellen to her husband, let Helders bring us one. Tomorrow, for Christmas, Matt. Matthew looked slowly from side to side. It seemed incredible that so large a decision should lie with a man so ineffectual. Seems like we'd ought to think about it a while first, he said weakly. Think about it, said Ellen. When haven't I thought about it? When have I thought about anything else but him we haven't got any more? Ellen, the mother mourned, you don't know what you're taking on yourself. Hush, mother, Ellen said gently. You don't know what it is. You had me. She faced Helders. Will you bring two when you come back tomorrow night, she said, and one of them for us? Helders looked sideways at Matthew, who was fumbling at his pipe. Wouldn't you want to see it first now, Helders temporized? And a girl or a boy now? No, I wouldn't want to see it first. I couldn't bear to choose. One healthy, from healthy parents, and either girl or boy, Ellen said, and stopped. The nicest tree thing I've made is for a boy, she owned. It's a paper soldier. I made these things for fun, she added to Helders. For the first time Helders observed the tree. Then he looked in the woman's face. I'll fetch out a boy for you if you say so, he said. Then do, she bade. When the four were alone again, Matt sat looking at the floor. Every headlong thing I've ever done I've gone headlong over, he said gloomily. Ellen took a coin from the clock shelf. When Ben goes past tomorrow, she merely said, you'll likely see him. Have him get some little candles for the tree. My head hurts me, the old man gave out. This ain't the place for a great noisy boy. Ellen put her hand on his shoulder almost maternally. See, dear, she said, then you'd be grandfather. Hey, he said, not if it was adopted, I wouldn't. Why, of course, that would make it ours and yours. See, she cried, you've been stringing popcorn for it already, and you didn't know. Be grandfather, would I, said the old man. Would I? Hey, king and country, grandfather again. Ellen was moving about the kitchen lightly with that manner which eager interest brings of leaving only half footprints. Come on, mother, she said. We must get the popcorn strung for sure now. The mother looked up at the tree. Seems as if, she said, wrinkling her forehead, I used to make pink tarleton stockings for your trees and fill em with corn. I don't know, but I've got a little piece of pink tarleton somewheres in my bottom drawer. Next night they had the bracket lamp and the lamp on the shelf and the table hand lamp all burning. The little tree was gay with the white corn and the colored trifles. The kitchen seemed to be centering in the tree, 
as if the room had been concerned long enough with the doings of these grown folk, and now were looking ahead to see who should come next. It was the high moment of immemorial expectancy, when those who are alive turn the head to see who shall come after. "'What have you been making all day, Daddy?' Ellen asked, tense at every sound from without. Her father, neat in his best clothes, blew away a last plume of shaved wood and held out something. "'I just whittled out a kind of clothespin man,' he explained. "'I made one for you once, and you liked it like everything. "'Maybe a boy won't,' he added doubtfully. "'Oh, but a boy will!' Ellen cried, and tied the doll above the blue paper soldier. "'Hadn't they ought to be here pretty soon?' Matthew asked nervously. "'Where's Mother?' "'She's watching from the front room window,' Ellen answered. "'Once more, Helders came stamping on the kitchen porch, "'but this time there was the patter of other steps, "'and Ellen caught open the door before he summoned. "'Helders stepped into the room, and with him was a little boy. "'This one?' Ellen asked, her eyes alive with her eagerness. "'But Helders shook his head. Miss Bourne, he said, I'm real dead sorry. They want but the one, just the one we'd spoke for. One, Ellen said. You said orphan asylum. There's only the one, Helders repeated. The others is little bits of babies, or else spoke for like ours long ago. It seems they do that way. But I want you should do something. I want you and Matthew should take this one. "'Mother and I are older. "'We ain't set store so much.' "'Ellen shook her head and made him know "'with what words she could find that it could not be so. "'Then she knelt and touched at the coat of the child, "'a small frightened thing with cap too large for him "'and one mitten lost. "'But he looked up brightly and his eyes stayed on the Christmas tree.' Ellen said little things to him and went to take down for him some trifle from the tree. "'I'm just as much obliged,' she said quietly to Helders. "'I never thought of there not being enough. We'll wait.' Helders was fumbling for something. "'Here's your candles. I thought you might want them for something else,' he said, and turned to Matthew. "'And here's your quarter.' I didn't get the toy you mentioned. I thought you wouldn't want it without the little kid. Matthew looked swiftly at Ellen. He had not told her that he had sent by Helders for a toy. And at that Ellen crossed abruptly to her husband, and she was standing there as they let Helders out with the little boy. Ellen's father pounded his knee. But how long'll we have to wait? "'How long'll we have to wait?' he demanded shrilly. "'King and country, why didn't somebody ask him that?' "'Matthew tore open the door. "'Helders,' he shouted, "'how long did they say we'd have to wait?' "'Mebbe only a week or two, mebbe longer,' "'Helders' voice came out of the dark. "'They couldn't tell me.' "'Ellen's mother stood fastening up a fallen tinsel walnut.' "'Let's us leave the tree right where it is,' she said. 
Even with it here we won't have enough Christmas to hurt anything. End of chapter 10